Hello, folks, and welcome to the... I didn't even know we were recording! Yeah, we're recording. <laughs> yeah, we're recording. Yeah, you need to cut that out. I bid you welcome. I want to play a game. Stay on the road. Keep clear to the moors. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. Let them see what kind of a person I am. Why, she wouldn't even harm a fly. Hey folks, my name is Will. My name is Yaz. And welcome to the Monster Monday podcast. This is the weekly podcast where myself and Yaz talk about a horror film every single Monday. And Yaz, why do we talk about horror films? Because the monsters in film aren't as scary as the monsters in real life. But this is a special case. This is where the lines between real life and movies could be blurred somewhat. Uh, because we're talking about The Blair Witch Project, which is a totally real f- their film. It's a documentary. They found the footage, the film said so, and you can't convince me otherwise. This was sort of the first sort of film to use the viral marketing campaign of a found footage style mm-hmm. film, shall we say. It sparked the uh, the interest. Yeah, it, it was able to capitalise on like early early internet in the like the, the mid to late 90s this this film was the brainchild of uh, of Florida university students Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez who uh, they were watching paranormal documentaries and found them to be much scarier and much creepier than actual horror films that were being released by studios so they put together a budget of about 20 to 30 thousand dollars and did a blind casting call for this idea which they were going to pretend would be an actual real-life found footage. And what many films, I think, nowadays try and do to capitalise on this format is to drop a trailer and then drop all of the information to try and make it all look legitimate. Whereas what the Blair Witch Project creatives did, they did that like a year in advance. What they did was that they filmed the footage in 1997 and during the extensive post-production process, they would go into message boards and they would try and drum up this story of this footage that had been found Um, and they would kind of put the seeds in there on the internet so that when the film's announcement and the trailers and promotional material did drop it was like oh this is this thing that I've heard about I've heard I've heard this from the internet from message boards and if it's from the internet in the mid 90s it must be true wait the internet isn't true who would just go on no one just goes on the internet and tells lies as no. Uh, no, absolutely not. So the film was... Uh, what I want to know, though, is... Yeah. Where are all these students getting budgets of, like, 20 to 30 grand from? Uh, they went to um, uh, some friends who had their own independent production company called Haxon Films. And what they did, actually, they, they rented some camera equipment uh, in order to make this film. And then once they finished filming just over a week later... They returned the camera for a refund to make the budget go further. That's kind of clever. That is kind of clever. It, it's not like um, they didn't go for the Tommy Wiseau approach where they would buy all of the camera equipment from the rental company. Oh, no. No, no, no diss in Tommy. No diss in Tommy. Tommy is the... We can only dream of being as awesome as Tommy Wiseau. So, this film had a, had a blind casting call. They were able to narrow this improvisational audition pool to about 2,000 actors and narrowed it down to their stars, Heather, Michael and Josh, who use their real names for the purposes of this film. And they were 
discouraged in the year leading up to the film's release to make any public appearances, to do any marketing, to kind of like exist in order to make it seem like they had dropped off the face of the map. Their acting profiles were listed from like available and looking for work to missing, presumed dead. That they had they had their profiles changed in order to just further emphasize the legitimacy of this. And in the mid to late nineties, this was quite a novel, interesting approach. Yeah, well, don't forget it. You're tapping into the satanic panic that only happened in what the eighties, maybe mm. late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. So over in America, satanic panic is a big thing. So when you've got this, like found footage style thing like tapping into the occult and like the paranormal it's gonna freak people out yeah and while the we'll get to this a bit later on when we break down the story but the while the Blair Witch itself is a fictional story they there were many people who did believe that even if the film itself was a work of fiction the legend itself was real so they would go out into the area where it was filmed to try and discover just more instances of 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 supernatural encounters and the mythology behind the Blair Witch to the extent where the uh, the town of uh, Burkittville Maryland got really pissed off and just hated the tourists well everywhere has got like that kind of legend hasn't it mm-hmm. like it, it's akin to the um the man in florida thing on google just look up your home like hometown and like urban legends on myths and stuff like that, and you'll probably find some weird supernatural stuff going on. Well, something that's not supernatural that is happening. Oh, the canal pusher in Manchester. Oh, now that is scary. Oh, yes. Do you have thirty thousand dollars? Do you want to go make a movie and hang out in Manchester's canals for a bit? Well, no, thank you, because oh. it's not a legend. Unfortunately, oh. it is happening. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, uh, that that just makes the film even more convincing. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the Blair Witch Project. This oh, is my you look a little blurry there. Let me zoom out on you. Okay. okay. Good morning. Got it. Okay, I got you. This is my home. Okay. Wow. Which I am leaving the comforts of for the weekend to explore the Blair Witch. So despite filming taking place in 1997 and the film being released in 1999, it opens and takes place in 1994. We get an opening title card saying that in October 1994, three student filmmakers disappeared in the woods near Burkittsville, Maryland, while shooting a documentary and their footage was found by police a year later. The movie opens with Heather, played by Heather, being filmed around her house as she packs for a camping trip that weekend. Josh, played by Joshua, Uh, arrives with some more camera equipment that he's borrowed, while Heather has her own personal one as well. They drive over to Mike's, played by Michael, before stocking up on food, drink and marshmallows at a local supermarket. Marshmallows, marshmallows. Oh yeah, she does that weird... Thing with the camera. I don't like marshmallows, so it's a bit annoying, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't realise that you'd take such a principled stand on it. I find her a bit annoying. What, Heather? Yeah. Uh, Well, you'll... you'll I'd hate to be on a trip with her. Yeah. So, at a local restaurant, they briefly interview a waitress about the legend of the Blair Witch, and Heather explains that that's the subject of the documentary. She wants to make it non-cheesy and authentic. In a graveyard on the outskirts of the town, they film the introduction to the documentary with Josh filming and Mike holding the sound equipment. This is Burkittsville, formerly Blair. It is a small, quiet Maryland town, much like a small, quiet town anywhere. No more than 20 families laid their roots here over 200 years ago, many of whom remain either on this hill 
or in the town below. There are an unusually high number of children laid to rest here, most of whom passed in the 1940s. Yet no one in the town seems to recall anything unusual about this time. To us, anyway. Yet legend tells a different story. One whose evidence is all around us. Etched in stone. The crew celebrates their first scene and go on to interview more locals. Uh, they've got a mum whose kid is picking their nose, which I found really, really funny. And the, and the kid is just not cooperating with the interview at all and is really annoying the mum. It was really funny. I suppose that's natural, but it's fucking gross. Stop picking your nose. <laughs> Get some manners, kid. Um, so they, they interview these people about the Blair Witch and... What happened was that these people were plants. They were told to go around this area and interview people about the Blair Witch. And because it's obviously not a real thing, they'd come across a lot of people who were like, no, I've not heard of that. But they would, unbeknownst to them, come across people who were like, yeah, I've heard of the Blair Witch. Because even the actors, they knew they were in a film, but they thought that there was a mythology about the Blair Witch. So these interviews are kind of real. That's cool. Yeah, it does seem authentic. I'll give them that. Yeah, you, you've got the um, the old man as well who doesn't believe in witchcraft but is religious and just gives one-word answers. He's, he's just not a very good <laughs> interview subject. Yeah, but that's natural too. Yeah, absolutely. Those were the seven kids that were missing and then they brought them out of the woods one at a time and it just was a, a terrible thing. It just tore the whole community up. said in court that he couldn't take the eyes on him. He could, he could feel the eyes watching him. That's why he made him face into the corner like that. All my life, really, I've believed in witches and ghosts and all that stuff. Do you believe that there are some in this area? Oh, definitely. Do you believe in witchcraft? No. No? No, sir. Are you a religious man? Yep. All righty. Pretty creepy stuff. Uh -huh. I, I believe there's something happening with her. And you think that it's possible that she's still up there now? I don't go up there. You don't go up there? <laughs> yeah, I believe enough not to go up there. <laughs> so, what is the legend of the Blair Witch? Well, it revolves around Rustin Parr, an old hermit who kidnapped and killed at least seven children after being supposedly hypnotised or possessed by a witch. The children were made to stand in the corner facing the wall of his house and were killed one by one. They even interview an old woman who claims to have had an encounter with the Blair Witch. Yeah, I've put in my notes here um, when I was watching the film again. Because um, this is the second time I've seen it. The first time I saw it a very long time ago. Yeah, same. Um, no Blair Witch, just a serial killer. <laughs> 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 That's why the children are disappearing. It's They're... nothing to do with uh, ghostly witches. That Witches get a bad rep, you know. They get blamed for all sorts. Look mm. at Salem. Look at Pendle Hill. It's all bullshit. Yep. People just don't like strong women. Yep. But anyway, that's just, for another story. Yep, justice for witches. Please. Yep, yes please. Uh, so the three check into a motel and have drinks to celebrate a good first day, with Heather forcing herself to drink scotch. This scene itself was apparently the, in terms of actually condensing everything down in the edit, this was like a big chunk of what they had. They had like eight hours of footage from this like motel party. Oh. <laughs> Basically, it was the longest scene, quote unquote, in the entire film. Uh, the next day, the group are interviewing two fishermen in the forest, and while one of them is sceptical, the other is adamant that the woods are haunted. The filmmakers park up their car, pack up all of their gear, and start hiking through the woods towards an area called Coffin Rock. 
an area where five men were found dead after a ritualistic sacrifice over a hundred years ago. See what I mean? Tapping into the satanic panic. Sends them crazy. Yeah, Sends so, them crazy over there. Yeah, it's what happens when you've got um, just a small rural American town. You've just got these God-fearing Christians who don't want any of that occult stuff in their garden. Have you ever noticed how um, there's always a crazy old woman that no one ever believes and then she turns out to, turns out to be true? Like what she says in like nearly every film. Mm, you're on, you're on about the woman the woman from earlier. Who's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. The, even though it is a, uh, a quote unquote documentary, it still has many of those formulas that kind of make it very relatable to the audience. I I can't believe they've gone camping. To be honest, I hate camping. Mm. You couldn't pay me to do it again. So would you do this if it was not a tent, but it was like an actual caravan or something? What's your limit? Um. I might stay in a caravan. I've yeah. never stayed in one of those. No? No. The weather takes a turn for the worse as a downpour forces them to put up their tents and shelter for the rest of the night. The next morning, Josh claims to have heard freaky noises outside of the tent. The sound of cackling. After some confusion about the route their map is taking them, they decide to take a shortcut, admiring Mike's sporadic chest hair as they do. Never take the shortcut. It never ends well. No. Tensions start rising between Mike and Heather as they argue over whether or not they're lost, but they quickly make up in time for them to cross a river on top of a fallen tree, which which takes them to their destination, a small graveyard with seven rock piles. They set up camp, but can hear the sound of snapping twigs and movement around their campsite. They investigate with their cameras, but they don't find anything, with Mike being too scared to even leave the tent to go and check. Um, no, it's just not stupid. Why would you go looking for it? Because you're filming a documentary about the Blair Witch. you got to check it out. Yeah, but if you think you're in danger, why check it out? I'd rather just stay in the tent and not know. <laughs> the next day, the three try to retrace their steps to return to the car, but find themselves walking around in circles despite Heather trying to follow the map. Mike does not take this well. Um... I remember the first time I ever watched this and oh my god I pissed myself laughing at some of the scenes. It still makes me laugh now. It's when um, they start losing their shit at each other because yeah. they start walking in circles and seeing the same log. And I'm sure there's a bit of dialogue where he's like, it's the same fucking log! Yeah, I've got, I've, I've got that later on, yes. But, it's so funny. But the bit for this is like, fucking hell, don't fucking tell me to relax! I think we should camp. Get the fuck out of here. Why? Because you don't know where we're going? No, because I think we're still a ways off from the car and it's going to be getting dark real soon. Look, I'm not saying for certain. We we're might not be... camping here. Get Maybe we're home. near the Turn car. The Maybe we're near the car. Home. Give me the fucking map. Give me the map. Heather, give me the map. Turn the camera off. Give me the Turn map. Turn the camera off and get us home. No, I'm not turning the camera off. I want to, I want to, I want to mark this occasion. Give me the map. The map is in my pocket. You're going to have to wait a second. You want to see the map? God damn! Shush. If we keep our heads together, we'll be just fine. Fucking bullshit! Mike, chill. Just relax, Mike. Don't fucking tell me to relax! Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. It, it's, it's relatable, because it's just the idea of just... They, they're just going hiking. And even if there was no supernatural stuff, they are just getting lost in the woods. And that must be really frustrating. It also reminded me a bit of when we were on the ring road for Leeds. And, <laughs> and we left with, like... Plenty of time to go see a show. Yeah. Um, like, I'm talking like over an hour, like an hour and a half before the show started. Yeah. We were 20 minutes away. Yeah. Um, 
and we ended up arguing in the car, being stuck on Leeds Ring Road, Mm -hmm. because somebody wouldn't listen to me when I said, follow the street signs instead of the sat-nav, because Mm -hmm. the sat-nav is clearly wrong. And then we ended up going back on the motorway to then come back into Leeds to Mm -hmm. finally get there five minutes before mm. the show started. Yeah, we're good, we're good. So I understand why they're going insane here. Yeah, and, and we drove past the, the car park where we had to go in, but in order to get into the car park, you had to make like a right turn. You had to be in the right lane, but I was in the left lane and there was a car in the right lane. So I had to drive right past the car park and we had to loop round again. It's the same fucking car park! <laughs> yeah. So I understand them losing their shit at each other. <laughs> so they spend the entire day wandering around and are unable to find the car before sundown. Mike is upset because he's meant to be back at work tomorrow morning. From inside their tents, they can hear the sound of snapping twigs and movement, just like the night before. They wake up in the morning, finding three rock piles outside of their tents, just like the ones at the graveyard the other day. They're all freaked out, but decide to just get out of there and find the car. However, Heather cannot find the map. She searches all of her belongings, but simply cannot find it which Josh tears into her about, questioning whether or not she's pretending so they can just stay out in the forest and keep filming. They persevere, though, and try to find a way out of the forest, but they stop because Mike starts uncontrollably laughing to himself, with Josh joining in. Mike then reveals that he stole the map and kicked it into the creek in frustration. We're fucking hungry, we're fucking tired, what the hell else are we supposed you to do? You know what? <laughs> I kicked the... F- I'm sorry, it's fucked up. It's fucked up, but I, I kicked that fucking man into the creek yesterday. <laughs> it was useless. I kicked that fucker into the creek. <laughs> I fucking hope he's kidding. Mike. Holy shit. I really fucking hope Mike, he's kidding. kidding. I really fucking hope Mike, he's kidding. Are you fucking kidding? I'm sorry. You've got to be kidding me. Mike. You have got to fucking be kidding me. Okay, that's a dick move. Uh, but I did start laughing when Josh and Mike started laughing because it is very funny. Like, that kind of situation is so bad. All you can do is laugh. If you don't laugh, you're just going to cry. Mm. And she annoys me on this bit. She's, like, <laughs> losing her shit at him. And yeah. I'm just like, come on, have a little bit of a laugh, Heather. It is quite funny. You're lost in the middle of the woods. <laughs> but, like, this, like, it, it's also creepy as well. I found it more creepy than... It was funny, but I found it more creepy because... Like, Mike is just laughing to himself, and then Josh, just unprompted, just starts joining in with him. Yeah, but that would set me off, too. Yeah, but I, I don't think it's creepy. That would... I thought it was funny. It set me off laughing, so yeah. I, I found it creepy because it plays into a theory that I, I mention when we get to the end of the film. But, yeah, and it's also... Like, I, I, I do feel for Heather in this situation, because Mike is like, oh, you've lost the map, and the map was with you, we gave... But he knows the whole time that he's he's the one who's kicked it into the creek. Yeah, so that is a dick move. Absolutely. So this prompts a fight between the three, and the admittance that they are completely lost. They use Mike's compass to travel south, but once again, Mike and Josh just stop. And they don't tell Heather why they're not going along with the plan anymore. And this is really creepy, like... 20 30 second shot of just the static camera and Mike and Josh are just sat on the floor like they're not even looking at Heather they're not responding to her questions and it's like what the what the fuck's going on what are you doing we cut to some time later where they discover stick figures hung up from the trees all around them Mike then resorts to just screaming for help hoping that anyone will hear him and come rescue them 
after another hopeless day of wandering, they just end up setting up camp again, and they decide to not light a fire so that no one can find them. But that clearly doesn't work, as they're awoken by strange noises outside, including laughing children. Something starts shaking the tent, causing the group to flee and hide in the woods until morning. So this scene... Like, while the actors did have kind of a breakdown on what would happen in the story and what they were meant to be doing while they were filming in the woods, this was kind of a very mean prank that the directors played on them. <laughs> they had, like, speakers out there, so they would be playing the sound of, like, laughing kids. They would be throwing sticks and breaking sticks and to make the noises outside. And unbeknownst to the actors, they came right up to the tent and started shaking it, causing the actors to just run out. Go fucking go! Oh, God! God! Hurry up! I'm coming! My boots aren't laced! this scene we have heather shouting what the fuck is that and then just keeping on running that is actually a mistake what the directors did is that they hired someone to just stand in the forest with like a white dress and a ski mask on and that's what heather's reacting to but they don't point the camera at it so there is something off camera that heather is shouting what the fuck is that not knowing what on earth it is the audience just don't see it that's pretty cool that's cool trivia but when I was watching it, I was like, what the fuck is that? Oh, you're not... Okay. I guess it's nothing then. I don't know. Yeah, but you're not supposed to see the Blair Witch, are Absol- you? No, absolutely. But it's... Yeah. So it's kind of a... Um, it's a goof that kind of maybe adds to the legitimacy of the film. I don't know. So they head back to their tents in the morning to discover their belongings have been pillaged and slimed. And the slime is KY jelly. <laughs> like, that's an actual thing they did. Um, yeah. So this understandably freaks out the guys who get furious at Heather as she's still filming everything. Yeah, this is what makes me find her annoying is that she just films everything. Like, get out of their faces. Everybody's obviously upset and unsettled. Stop filming. <laughs> but then I suppose you wouldn't have any film. Exactly. So. How, would, how can they find the footage if there's no <laughs> footage to find? So they wander around some more and stumble across... The same river they were at only a few hours ago. They've gone around in a giant circle, <laughs> despite following the compass south the entire time. And this it's is the still bit. Pretty funny. This it's shouting about the log. Yeah, it's the same log. It's not the same log. It's the same log. It's the same, same. fucking log. No, that's the tree we crossed. That tree huh. is down. That's the same one. Oh God! No. Oh, no. You've got to be kidding me! This is a joke! No. This is not funny! Mike, just please stop. Please, please stop. Please stop. Please stop. No. No, Mike, it's not the same log. It's not the same log, Mike. Same log. Look, it's not. It is! Open your eyes! It's not the same log. <laughs> Is that, is that the same? Yeah, 
just the way it escalates is really funny. Um, fun fact. So in year six, so in America, that is sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I went on this, um, tr- my first trip away without my parents um, to something called PGL, which, oh. which we call Parents Get Lost mm-hmm. in the UK. Um, and it's like a rural thing and there's like obstacle courses and stuff like that and you go with all your classmates and your teachers for the weekend and you do all these different activities. Anyway, we were staying in cabins and it was quite freaky because it was just like the woods behind our cabins and, um, one of my friends, she'd obviously seen this film or something, Mm -hmm. but like, legit way too young (laughs) (laughs) and, um... She started telling us about this legend of the Blair Witch. Oh. And we were suckered into it, obviously. We were like, what? No, we've never heard of it. Anyway, and she starts telling us that this Blair Witch legend is in the woods behind our cabins. Oh. So you can imagine how freaked out we were. And we had to try and sleep that night. <laughs> and it was all you could hear was like just deathly silence. I hate silence. It mm. freaks me out. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, the Blair Witch is quite scary. <laughs> Uh, so that I didn't have any ghost stories uh, for PGL, but yeah, I just hated PGL. Didn't get along with any of like any of the staff. Uh, in, yeah, yeah, I felt like I was a bit bullied there actually by Aww. the. Yeah, it wasn't very nice. I but, really enjoyed PGL. No, nah, I hated it. I mean, you couldn't pay me to go to something like that now. Oh, no. I've completely changed. But as a kid, I enjoyed it. <laughs> it's like canoeing, mm. rock climbing, zip lining, abseiling. What else do you do? Uh, we did archery at mine. Oh, we did a yeah archery. Oh, fencing. We, we yeah fencing mm-hmm. mud obstacle courses because it's in England and I Wales. Gonna, I thought you were going to say mud wrestling. No. <laughs> yeah, you couldn't pay me to do it now, but I really enjoyed it at the time. <laughs> so after an evening of arguing and reminiscing about the food that they miss, I liked this scene quite a bit. Uh, Heather and Mike wake up the next morning to find that Josh is missing. There's no sign of where he could have gone, and the two spend the day in the forest looking for him, but to no avail. So this was another kind of improvised thing, because the directors, they kind of were following closely behind, they kind of knew what was happening between the actors and things like that, and where the story was going. And they thought that there was way too much aggression and uh, too much resentment between Heather and Josh. So they were like, okay, before things escalate any longer, in the middle of the night, we're going to sneak Josh away and we're just going to carry on. We're going to, we're not going to tell the actors that they've gone missing. And Josh was very happy about this because the night, um, the day after he was taken away from the set, there was a concert that he really, really wanted to go to. <laughs> so, he, so he was able to leave the filming early and go to this concert. So, um, Win-win. Exactly. So he, yeah, he had a very good time. Yeah, the tension between them is quite... Um, aggressive actually yeah so that night in their tents they hear the sound of Josh's screaming outside pre-recorded they played speakers outside um, outside their tents but whenever they explore they can't find him anywhere they wonder whether or not the screaming is a law to coax them out of their tents by whoever has him the next morning Heather discovers a bundle of sticks outside tied together by a piece of fabric from Josh's jacket when out of sight from Mike Heather opens up the bundle, finding a blood-soaked piece of fabric, which she opens up and recoils backwards, dropping the camera. Heather then composes herself and films the contents of the fabric. Bloodied teeth, B, 
bits of flesh and hair. Yeah, that's not a nice present. Mm. While she's horrified of what she's seen, she doesn't tell Mike. That night, Heather films herself apologising to the families of Josh and Mike and her own family for what's happened, and she takes responsibility for what's taken place over the past few days. I just want to apologise to Mike's mom and Josh's mom and my mom. And I'm sorry to everyone. I was very naive. I am so, so sorry for everything that has happened. Because in spite of what Mike says now, it is my fault. Because it was my project. And I insisted. I insisted on everything. I insisted that we weren't lost. I insisted that we keep going. I insisted that we walk south. Everything had to be my way. And this is where we've ended up. And it's all because of me that we're here now. Hungry. And cold. And hunted. I love you, Mom. And Dad. So this is like the iconic, like, I'm so scared. Like, you, yeah, the shot of her face and the tears in her eyes and that. I um, think it's the film poster. It, yeah, it's, it's part of the film poster. So yeah, this is kind of the scene that it's it, that the film is mainly famous for, I think. Or at least the one that everyone's most aware of. And it's also the one that's most parodied. So Heather and Mike hear Josh's screams out in the forest and investigate, finding a seemingly abandoned house in the middle of the forest. Mike has his own camera, and Heather is filming from hers as we intercut between the two perspectives for the final sequence. Mike leads the way into the house with Heather slowly following behind. They search the dilapidated house, but see no signs of Josh on the ground floor. Mike goes upstairs, claiming to hear a noise, and finds children's handprints on the wall, as well as strange symbols and markings. Mike then hears a noise downstairs, charges past Heather to get to the basement. When Mike gets there, something knocks the camera out of his hand and it falls to the floor. Heather then reaches the basement, and through her camera's night vision, we see Mike standing in the corner of the room. But something attacks Heather, and her camera drops to the floor. Understood this when I first watched it. I'm just stood there in the corner, like looking mm. like a weirdo. But it is copied now, like in Paranormal Activity. Mm. That's what she does. She stands over the bed, just standing there. Mm. I suppose it's to make things creepy because as humans, we don't usually do that. Mm. Well, well, the original ending of the film, it wasn't like this. They actually went back to reshoot this ending, um, 
And they also did a reshoot where they had that old guy interviewed at the beginning of the film explaining that the kids were made to stand in the corner while they were killed one by one. So they, yeah, so it's that, yeah. yeah so, so through reshoots, that's what they that's what they did. They also filmed like four or five different alternative endings where they found like one of their friends was like being crucified in the basement, so he was hanging from a noose from the ceiling and things like that. You can watch these endings on the DVD, but in the end, they thought, no, we'll, we'll just stick with the original ending that we had, and we'll just include that interview to tie it all together. But yeah, I with this ending it is like a deliberate anti-climax we don't see anything that attacks them in the basement the it just cuts to black and the credits roll it's a deliberate anti-climax and it, it works in that respect but this ending i think i like i showed you the video of it a while ago the theory that it's not a supernatural occurrence this is just a plan that mike and josh have orchestrated to kill heather yeah i like this theory yeah like, i think it, it it gives it way it's way more interesting yeah which is why i found it creepy that when mike was laughing uh josh was just randomly joining in midway through the film that's what that's why i found it creepy in retrospect with that theory in mind and it's why we don't see anything and it's stuff that they can't like mike's got sound equipment he can easily do stuff around the tent if he wanted to uh so that's the theory that i like that this is some sort of random uh, like the alibi is basically the video tape and everything and all this stuff that's happening, and it's just a plot to kill Heather. So yes, what did you think of the Blair Witch Project? <laughs> um, it's a bit boring for me. Yeah, like it... um, I think at the time it would have been like kind of a phenomenon and groundbreaking, and you know, but watching it now it's a bit boring yeah it's it's a very repetitive it's very film. tame yeah it, it's just a lot of scenes of them walking through the forest yelling at each other R- creepy stuff happens off screen at night and then repeat that about four more times until yeah. they get to the house i like the idea of it and i like the theories that have come from it and stuff and I think at the time it would be really scary, yeah. especially with the viral marketing. It's the first kind of thing of its kind, isn't it, really? Mm. Um, like this whole found footage thing. And yeah. Like it really sparked the interest in it. Yeah, like it's the first time you had like a found footage film build a mythology around the film itself. Yeah. Because like, like, you had like Cannibal Holocaust in, in the 1980s. But Blair Witch kind of propelled the genre into the mainstream and it's still leaving an impact now well yeah well cannibal holocaust was a video nasty and got banned so a yeah. lot of people haven't seen it <laughs> yeah uh, yeah yeah absolutely so yeah so well blow which wasn't the first although was... you can watch it on prime if you want to oh okay um, random i've stumbled across it i've not watched it yet i mm. don't think i can bring myself to watch it they're making a video game of that like a, yeah, a video game of Cannibal Holocaust. That was a thing. The only thing back. I can't bring, why I can't bring myself to watch it is I don't really care about the humans. That's not the problem. It's the fact that they kill an actual a- animals. It, yeah, actual animals. A- and is I it just, a turtle? It's a turtle or a tortoise. Yeah. I can't remember which one. It's probably a turtle. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. It, it's yeah. It's gonna really not be for the faint-hearted. But yeah, for 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 Blair Witch Project. I think you kind of have to compartmentalize it as a film from its time and you have to, and you go into it kind of like knowing the atmosphere and the environment that surrounded the film's creation and its marketing. If you just watched it maybe on its own 
with like if it's the first found footage horror film you ever see and maybe you're in your mid to early teens and your friend's like oh I found that this watch this video that I found on the internet imagine it freaking people out oh yeah definitely because we're the generation that's grown up with creepypastas and stuff like that yeah. and um like scare videos and all these like you know oh if you don't share this you will die blah, blah, blah. like all that yeah. kind of stuff i think we've kind of become desensitized to this kind of stuff but it's a product of its time yeah. and i think it was ahead of its time mm. in that way yeah as in like it was something new yeah but it doesn't age well if that makes sense yeah yeah i get you like we watched dracula last week and that film was like 90 years old and you can respect it as a product of its time, but some elements of that film are timeless and genuinely hold up. Whereas for Blair Witch, I think you do kind of have to consider it from the environment that it came from. And I think it... I've, I've not seen the remake that came out a couple of years ago, which is a pseudo-sequel as well, where Heather's brother like finds out that this is what happened to his sister and goes out to try and find her. So I've, I've no idea if the remake or sequel is any good, but maybe... like. Other found footage films have kind of been building upon the foundation of the Blair Witch Project. But there's there's a lot of like trivia and information surrounding this film. But I also want to just do a little a little segment where we find out where the cast are now. Because we have Heather, Michael and Josh. So Heather, she retired from acting in 2008 and went on to become a medicinal marijuana grower. Oh. So that's her career now. She's in California. We've got Michael, who retired from acting... Um, about uh, 10, 15 years ago, but he is now a guidance counsellor and he runs acting classes in New York. And we have Josh, who has actually kind of been working quite steadily for the past 20 years. He's he's still working in, in the business. He's still working in TV and film, which, you know, really good for him. He's uh, He got married in 2015 and he's got one daughter. And we also have uh, the directors, uh, Daniel Myrick and Eduardo Sanchez, who, as far as I can tell, are still... Um, making feature films in the horror genre but if you go um onto like the films that they've uh, they've worked on since Blair Witch like Believers uh Solstice The Objective and a few others you just look on their film posters and even bigger than the title of the film itself is from the director of the Blair Witch Project like it seems like they have not been able to get out of the shadow of that film well I think because it was such a big thing at the time and it like it's like it was like a phenomenon for its time. Yeah. Like you're not gonna get out of its shadow because unless you create another sort of masterpiece of its time, mm. it's not gonna happen. Yeah. Like it was an interesting like year for horror at the box office because you had the 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 haunting film, which is a remake of the like the 1960s film. It's got like Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta Jones, and Owen Wilson, and that was like a big budget CGI spectacle like horror film which it's completely pants uh, but it came out the same year as the Blair Witch Project and got utterly eclipsed by that film the Blair Witch Project is at the time at least was the most profitable film ever made for every dollar they spent making the Blair Witch Project they got nearly $11,000 back Whew. that's an insane return that's incredible exactly it's an insane return on investment and like and there's just so much like interesting trivia and stuff surrounding the film itself heather's mother the actress heather would receive sympathy cards because people genuinely believed that her daughter went missing making a documentary film so she was inundated with sympathy cards that's and... that's what i mean like the the marketing is amazing for this film which is why it's done so well and mm. it like 
it would have been believable back then. Yeah. Like, now, I think we're more sceptical because we know the internet. We know, like, people lie <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> on the yeah. internet a lot. Um, and there's no way that that footage would have been released by police officers. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely not, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a completely different environment and yeah. Yeah, things like that from now. But the most interesting thing, in terms of the film's like, reception was that it was nominated for many Razzies, which are like the anti-Oscars, like to highlight what's meant to be the worst films of the year. While the Will Smith like Wild Wild West movie was the big winner of the evening, uh, The Blair Witch Project was nominated for Worst Picture, and Heather won Worst Actress. Oh, that's a bit unfair. I, yeah, I think that's very unfair. Like it is, a, like it is the highest rated film, like on Rotten Tomatoes, which you know doesn't really mean much. But it's like got an eighty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But it's the highest rated film on that website to have won a Razzie. That's a bit unfair. I, don't, th- I, th- I think it feels authentic. I think her acting feels authentic. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say it's bad acting at all. It feels normal. No, like you don't like the character. I don't but, like the character. But that's not Heather's fault. The, no, it's just she's a bit annoying. Yeah. <laughs> Showing a camera in everybody's face all the time. Yeah. But if you was an excited young student going to film a documentary, then you probably would do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, there was a sequel to this called uh, called Blair Witch to the Book of Shadows, which was not found footage at all. I've seen clips from it. Doesn't look very good. Um, and there was, of course, the sequel remake in 2016, which I have not watched at all, and I don't really know anything about it. And there's, of course, there's always talk of trying to turn it into a TV series. Lionsgate owns the rights to that, and they've, that's kind of been in development hell for about ten years. No, we don't need it as a series. No, nah, probably not. It's it, Let's just leave it as it is. Yeah. There was, however, a Blair Witch video game released last year. Uh, we might try and track that down and watch and play that if you wanted to um but that is the Blair Witch Project which is a film I think in terms of its legacy and everything surrounding it much more interesting than the actual film itself in my opinion yeah the stuff around the film is is more interesting than the film itself it's um I switch off very easily through it I get a bit bored yeah um but like I say it would have been good if maybe if I'd have watched it when it came out mm. but I was only a baby so <laughs> I would have been what year did it come out 99 I'd have been no, 7 no. yeah 99 so I'm definitely a bit too young to watch it then I definitely think it's a, an accessible horror film oh yeah yeah um, if like maybe you're not into horror maybe it's a good one to start with or you want to start showing your friends I think it's a rite of passage film as well yeah in the horror in horror like mm when you start to become a proper like a a good horror fan like it's definitely one of the films that you'll probably watch yeah do you have um a favorite found footage horror film or just found footage film in general this is unpopular with you Mm -hmm. but for me um i really enjoyed paranormal activity so we had very different viewing experiences yeah so i watched paranormal activity the first showing at, at our local cinema, mm. we didn't really know what it was about. We knew it was like a found footage type thing. Mm. And obviously the name Paranormal is going to be ghostly. Yeah. Anyway, we get there. It's a packed screening. It is full. 
Um, nobody quite knows what to expect because obviously people haven't seen it yet, so mm. nobody's talking about it properly. Yeah. Nobody's spoiling it. You know, nobody really quite knows where the story's going to go or what's going to happen. And it's really cool, and we all got sucked into it a lot. And there's a lot of jump scares before the real ones. Yeah. And I shit you not when I say everybody in that screen jumped Mm. in, like, the big jump scares. Like, the row in front of us, I clearly remember seeing them go all the way up. And, like, people screaming. And then everybody... (laughs) has that nervous laughter afterwards because you've all jumped and been scared at something so silly. And then everyone's just kind of nervously laughing and looking at each other. And then it keeps happening. So it was a really good experience for that because it hadn't quite gotten out there yet what it was about. Um, As it was like the first showing. And it was really scary and a different experience. Um... So if you manage to see it like that, I think you have a different take from it. Mm. Whereas you watched it a bit further down the line. Yeah, and like knowing its reputation and knowing all of the stuff about it. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of had the hype around it then, because obviously everybody from that screening would be like, "Oh my god, it was so scary." Yeah. I remember because I remember that. I remember leaving thinking, "Oh my god, that's so scary! I can't believe that's just happened." Yeah. Um, it made everybody jump. And even with the little silly scares, like at the beginning, that fool you, and then Mm. leading up to the big ones, and yeah. Yeah. So I actually really enjoyed that. Um, And ghosts and that freak me out as well. I don't know why, but they just do. Like, yeah. Yes, I I like um, found footage movies that kind of play with like fit like a, a mockumentary style, as opposed to oh, we found this. This uh, this camera buried in the rubble of a burnt house. Let's find out what happened. Uh, well, I prefer like they're making a documentary and all this stuff happens. Like, I love Troll Hunter, the um, the Norwegian film, which is a mockumentary based around like a, a troll hunter in Norway. Uh, and there's um, there's the visit, the M Night Shyamalan film, because it's about these two kids who go to visit their elderly relatives, and one of them's making a documentary because they'd never met them before. Um, that that one's pretty good. Not great, but I enjoy it. Oh yeah, I tried to watch that the other night and I hate surprises and I knew something was off with it and I was like, it isn't right. I was like, tell me what happens and you wouldn't tell me what happens. I will never tell. And I got frustrated. What was the bit that really freaked me out? There was something that freaked me out and I was like, that's it, I'm not watching it. It was them um, chasing each other underneath the... The, uh, oh the yeah, under the decking. Yeah, they're crawling around and the, and the grandmother's under there with them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that freaked me out. But, I was uh, like, nope! It, it's not um, a, a horror film, but uh, Chronicle. That's a great found footage film about these kids who... It's uh, it's kind of like the breakout uh, film for Dane DeHaan and Michael B. Jordan from 2012. It's these kids who stumble across this like meteor that's like fallen to Earth and they uh, get superpowers from it. And one of them, played by Dane DeHaan, is like... You'd basically... You'd call him an incel, basically. And it's what he does with these psychic powers... Uh, and they use their psychic powers to uh, move the cameras around them, so you get like kind of more dynamic camera shots and everything. But it's a re- that's a really great film. I really recommend that one. It's not a horror film, but it's got horrifying stuff in it, some really brutal violence. But yeah, those are the those are my favorite found footage horror films or found footage films in general. I never liked Cloverfield. That kind of feels like a, an, another attempt at Blair Witch style viral marketing. I remember when. Do you remember when Cloverfield came? 
Yeah, that. but I just remember it being about monsters or something. Yeah, and it had the whole um, uh, marketing campaign where it was the torn-off head of the Statue of Liberty yeah. and that, like, that minute-long trailer and things like that. And I remember at the time, because it was like, oh, Cloverfield, that's clearly like a stand-in title. Is that a Godzilla film? Is it? Is it something else? People, I remember thinking it was a Voltron movie for a while, which is like a Japanese like kaiju like robot show. But no, it was just it was just a monster film in the found footage. Yeah, never never really enjoyed it. I like Ten Cloverfield Lane. That yes, Ten Cloverfield Lane is amazing. I love that one. It's part of the same universe, right? It is. Yeah, it's kind of like a Twilight Zone where it's different. It's anthology stories like Twilight Zone, Black Mirror type thing. So I think that's all that we have to say about the Blair Witch Project. So it's time. It's that time again. We're going to spin the wheel and find out what we're going to be talking about next Monday. So we're going super independent. Uh, we're going to continue the trend of um, of low budget indie films. We're going to be talking about The Void, which is a crowd funded indie horror film from 2016. I've never seen this before. I've not seen it before. I've heard good things. I've not seen it either. So yeah, we're going to check out The Void next Monday. But thanks for listening to us talk about the Blair Witch Project this week. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to join in the conversation, let us know where, uh, how old you were or where you were when you first saw The Blair Witch Project. You can let us know on our social medias. Yes, which, which ones are our social medias? You can find us on Twitter at MonsterMonPod, on Instagram at MonsterMondayPod, and on Facebook at MonsterMondayPodcast. So you should have all of those links in the description of your podcast feed or your podcast description. Thank you so much for listening, and we shall see you folks next week. My name is Will. My name is Yaz. And thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye.